Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Relove Podcast. This is Pastor Seth Yolorda, and I want to thank you for taking the time out of your busy day to listen to this week's message. Our prayer is that it will leave you inspired, encouraged, and challenged as you grow higher in Christ. And I also just want to ask that if this message is a blessing to you, that you would take the time to share it, to send it to a friend, send it to a family member so that they too can be blessed. Again, we thank you for taking the time to listen, and we pray that you are blessed. Good morning and happy Sabbath. We love church. My name is Damian Chandler. And my name is Tansy Chandler. And we are excited to be a part of this sermon series at the church. We want to say thank you to Pastor Seth for inviting us uh, to be a part of what you're doing. We have to admit that we don't get this opportunity uh, very often um, to teach about what we are living. And so we're excited about what God is going to do this morning. Yeah, and we just pray that through our testimony, other couples and marriages will feel encouraged and feel like there's hope and that there's beauty in marriage, even when navigating the differences. And that's the uh, title or the topic for our conversation on today, uh, Navigating Differences. Um, And so we're going to pray and then we're going to get started. Let's pray. Father, we just want to thank you so much for being present with us now. Now, Lord, I pray that you will speak to the relationships at Relove Church and that you will use this moment to tell some couple that it's possible. Thank you so much. In Jesus' name, amen Amen. and amen. Amen. So, pop quiz. Mm -hmm. How long have we been married? (laughs) <laughs> okay, that's that was, not fair. That wasn't fair. This year, 2021, we will celebrate 20 years of marriage. 20 years. And uh, 20 years is a long time. Like what You know when people say that they're at their diamond year, their golden year? What yeah, year is 20? I don't know. I'll have to look it up. It's like, I think it's like... Copper? (laughs) Brass. I'm not sure. Uh, But it's hard to believe that we can say we've been married for 20 years. Um, We wanted to share with you how we met and how our love story started. We actually met in the church... our home church, Apple Creek Seventh-day Adventist Church in Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. We were both teenagers in the same youth group, in the same teen choir. And Damien had just moved to Toronto from New, New Jersey. Jersey. Uh-huh. And so the two of us were sitting in the balcony. You know how the teenagers do. We sat in the balcony of the church. Some of us were paying attention to the sermon. Some of us were not. But as I was sitting there, I can remember him and his brother sitting a couple people down from me. And uh, he asked me for a pen. And I thought it was highly intrusive for him to disrupt me as I was so focused on the word of God. (laughs) That was my first introduction to Damien. Later that evening, we had a social event for the teen choir at my home Mm -hmm. and Damien showed up there and the two of us hit it off. We uh, just got lost in conversation and we spent the next two years or so getting to know each other as friends. Now, she was very kind. I spent the next two (laughs) years chasing after her, trying to get her to say yes. (laughs) Now, now, Tansy, the amazing thing within that context is that most of the young people in that context kind of shared some similarities. Yes. Like, we all enjoyed sports. Tansy Tansy ran track. We had this huge track meet at the church. Everybody ran. We were all a part 
part of the choir. We had a choir of about 60 young mm -hmm. people and we enjoyed singing and traveling and we were good too. We both grew up in the church. Yep. Uh, then the two of us, our families were very similar. We came from both came from two-parent homes. Mm -hmm. uh, both of our parents were professionals. West Indian background. West Indian background, mm -hmm. um, living in Toronto, Canada. Family was a big thing for Tansy. Her family is a, a pretty big family, and, and so is mine. So, you know, when we met each other and when we, when we talked to each other, it seemed as if there was so many similarities. And I would say that we spent the most of our courting and our dating life just living in those mm -hmm. in those similarities yeah it's easy to live in the similarities when mm -hmm. you see that you have a lot in common with somebody you share those commonalities and those similarities that's the easy part absolutely and i would like to suggest that biblically the Bible actually suggests that it is your similarities that bring you together. Yeah. Mm -hmm. If you would, grab your Bibles with me, and we're going to read a little bit of Genesis chapter 2. And we're going to look at verse 18. Genesis chapter 2, verse 18. Uh, and it reads this way, Then the Lord God said, I see that it's not good for man to be alone. I will make uh, the companion he needs one just right for him. The word used in the KJV is comparable, one that is comparable to him. And it speaks about likeness. Now, if you follow that text a little bit, a little bit down, God causes Adam to stand on, we imagine like a plateau and all the animals of the world right. pass by Adam. And Adam looks through all these animals and the Bible says that he gives them names. And among all these animals, there were female animals too. Mm -hmm. There were lions with hips and there were there were cows and there were, you know, female deer and donkeys, all of that. And when Adam looks at all these animals, the Bible says that there was none comparable to him. There was none like him. Why does the Bible spend so much time talking about likeness? Because when we're looking for a mate, when we're looking for a partner, it is the comparable things that bring us together. It is our commonalities that cause us to be attracted to each other. And that's what me and Tansy experienced mm -hmm. at the beginning of our marriage. And then shortly around, let's see, what was it, like year eight, nine, ten? Now, when you say shortly <laughs> and then you say a hey, year eight, nine, and ten, it means that you got to be at least 20 years in. So maybe eight years into our marriage, we hit a bump in the road. Mm -hmm. And we started noticing that there were far more differences than we were aware of. Mm -hmm. And that reality really threw us off. It did. Because there were some areas that we were not able to connect with, connect on, um, and it was causing a real hitch in our marriage. One of the areas that we found we were vastly different in is our personalities. So we have learned over time that I am an introvert, and Damien is an extrovert. And so there's a lot of stereotypes going around about what that actually means. And so I want to clear that up a little bit. Essentially, being an introvert or an extrovert is defined as how you spend your downtime or how you refuel your body and your mind when you've been drained or exhausted. For example, at the end of a long day, 
an introvert like myself might choose to spend some time alone. Mm-hmm. I might put my headphones on, I might go into my room and I might need, you know, 30 minutes or so just to be by myself in order to refuel my energy stores. Somebody like Damien, who's an extrovert at the end of a long day, what they want is connection and time with people mm-hmm. in order to refuel their energy stores, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. And the, the thing about it is that when you set up that scenario, Tansy really needs time alone and I need time with Tansy. Right. And that creates like a huge clash because if we both come home exhausted, what she needs and what I need is opposite. And if I take one step further, all the similarities that we mentioned, running track, no longer there. Singing choirs, no longer there. Mm -hmm. Going to game nights, no longer there. So the things that attracted us to each other no longer exist, but these differences are growing and rising and becoming more prominent in our lives. So we have learned over the years a few things to help us navigate those differences. And being introverted and extroverted, those personality differences are just some of the things that various couples are dealing with. But the principles that we've um, discovered in our marriage can be applied to any of the ways that you might find that you and your spouse are different. Mm -hmm. And so the first thing um, that we wanted to share with you in order to navigate these differences in marriages is to be accepting. This one is so important. And it was really the first step for us when we started to realize this chasm between us. I cannot change my partner and I shouldn't even try. He is who he is. I am who I am. Now, that doesn't mean that we don't grow and change as individuals, (laughs) but there are parts of him that I have to learn to accept and embrace Um, as who he is, Mm -hmm. even if they may never, ever change. Yep. You know, the day that I was getting married, my best friend, his name is Gregory Nelson. And, you know, everybody was in their dresses, Tansy, and I was in my tux. And Greg was actually giving me a lineup. He was cutting my hair when I used to have hair. (laughs) And uh, Greg turned to me and says, are you are you sure about this? I'm like, dude, are you nuts? We spent a lot of money. I better be sure. He says, no, seriously, are you sure? I say, yeah, I think I am. He says, you want to know how you are ready to marry someone when you know? I said, how? And he says, you know that you're ready to marry someone when you could say about them, if nothing changes about you for the rest of your life, I can still love you for the rest of mine. You are not my project. I want you to repeat those words with Mm me. You are not my project. Your mate, your relationship partner is yours to love, but it's God's to change. And when we get that all mixed up, then we start to do open heart surgery on our relationship partners with a high school or middle school degree. We're not called to change our partners. We're called to love them. Mm -hmm. I I think one of the the ideas, going back again to this idea of comparable versus compatible, is that in the Bible, again, when Adam is looking for a mate, he looks for likeness, things that are similar. And when you're getting to know somebody, there there needs to be a bunch of things that are similar because life will cause some of those things to dissipate. However, the comparable things attract us to each other, 
but the compatible things, which means opposites, like black and white is compatible. Compatible things are the things that build our home. It's really our opposites Mm -hmm. that really build our house and build our marriage and build our family. The only problem is that those opposites are also the platforms for your greatest arguments. Yes. So um, this idea that uh, you taught me actually was that there is no true idea of normal. Mm. That it's easy for me to say that the way I navigate the world is normal. And it's only normal to me. But if I believe that it's normal for everybody, then when I see the way my husband navigates the world and does things, that I'm going to look at him as someone who is abnormal. And it's going to be intuitive for me to want to try to fix that. But if you remove the whole concept that there is no normal, mm-hmm. what's normal for me is not what's normal for you, then mm. it allows you to be accepting and to offer grace when you notice that he or she might do things differently. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that's important, though, is to know that as we're talking about accepting the differences in your spouse, that doesn't mean that you have to like everything about it. So mm-hmm. let's take some of that pressure off. I can accept that he does things differently than I do, like load the dishwasher. <laughs> <laughs> but I don't have to like the way he loads the dishwasher. Yeah. I can just close my eyes to that and just be glad that the dishes are clean. Absolutely. So there's no pressure to 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 like every single thing about that person. This journey of marriage, you know, we're only 20 years in. We might have another 40 years together and it's too much pressure to expect that although you love your spouse, that it doesn't mean you like every single thing about them or about the way they navigate the world. Wait a minute. You don't like everything about me? Not everything. We mentioned the whole dishwasher thing. It's just kind of all cattywampus and it doesn't work. (laughs) You know, when I was young, I remember my mom. My mom used to love the ends of the bread. And so my mom, whenever we would buy a loaf of bread, she would make sure that she got both ends. And sometimes when she was really desperate, she would dig through the bread and take the end on the other side and the end on the first side. Now, there's no way to put the bread back in properly mm-hmm. if you dig through the bread. You know, now, if my mom really likes the ends of the bread, though, I have to ask myself, well, is that going to kill me? Right. <laughs> it, 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 like, it, is it life or death? I mean, there's some things that are, but, you know, the fact that I leave my underwear on the floor, yeah, is, is that... Is that life or death? We, 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 um, there are things that are different about us, but not only is it different, but is it also right or wrong, you know, or is it just different, normal for you and normal for me? Uh, we're learning the, the, the older we get, the more mature we get in marriage, we're learning to accept each other's normals. Mm-hmm. And so normal for Tansy is that sometimes she needs, uh, she, she needs to put on her headphones and just zone out. Normal for Tansy might be getting up early in the morning and going to the gym. Normal for me might be just uh, vegging out on my phone. Uh, Once there's no right or wrong involved, then you can start to accept Mm -hmm. the other person's action as their normal. normal. So the first step in navigating the differences is to be accepting. Mm -hmm. The second step is to be a student. Mm. We have to learn to trust that my spouse is an expert 
in who he is. Absolutely. And I'm not going to come into this marriage trying to tell you about yourself. Mm-hmm. You have lived in your skin, in your body, your entire life. Mm-hmm. And I'm new to this party. Mm-hmm. So I have to be a student and trust that when he tells me about how he feels, when he tells me about the things that he likes, that he is an expert at who he is. Absolutely. Um, You know, there's nothing more frustrating than somebody trying to tell you about what you want, right? So somebody says, what do you want to eat? I want to eat Italian. No, you don't. (laughs) You want Mexican. Right. No, actually, I don't like Mexican. I want Italian. What flavor uh, ice cream do you want? Oh, I want chocolate. Man, you hate chocolate. You want vanilla, don't you? No. I really want chocolate. You know, it, it, it takes humility to believe that the person that you are talking to knows more about themselves than you do. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you're a counselor. I don't care what kind of degree you have. There is no degree that you can have that makes you an expert at me. Absolutely. I am an expert at myself. So I need you. If you want to get to know me, then be willing to be my student. Yes. And students ask questions. Students don't make statements to professors. Think about how crazy this would be. You pay all your money, you go to USC or UCLA, and then when you go to UCLA, you're sitting in front of a professor, a professor that's world-renowned in his area, and a student is sitting in the professor's class telling the professor what what's right or wrong. Like, what? You just <laughs> got here, dude. Um, it's the same way in our marriages. It's the same way in our relationships. You are an expert of, at you. I'm an expert at myself. So if you want to get to know me, ask more questions and make less statements. Yeah. So we have a, a funny story to tell about how one of the recent experiences, how we learned this. Two years ago now, two years Two years ago, we had the opportunity to go to Oshkosh Campery. <laughs> uh, Damien was the keynote speaker for that week-long event. And this was an event and an experience that both of us underestimated. Absolutely. About how exciting and how much of an adventure, how much people there were going to be at this event. People. And so w- knowing that I'm an introvert, we had conversations a little bit about what I would need to do in order to get some time to myself because we were going to be around a lot of people. And so one particular day we had been driving through the campsite on our little go-kart and Damien was getting bombarded by people who wanted to take pictures with him, who wanted to talk with him, who wanted him them to him to pray for them. And by the time we got back to the behind stage area for the actors and the speakers, we were both exhausted. So in my head, I'm thinking to myself, there is nothing more that I want than to take this car back to the hotel where there is nobody, put my, my headphones on and take a nap. So in my head, I'm thinking, if that's what I need, then that's also what Damien needs. <laughs> and so he says to me, oh, I'm so exhausted. Man, I'm going to go relax. He gets out of the car and he walks to the cafeteria where there's like a hundred people. So in my head, I'm thinking, I thought you said you wanted to relax. And he says, I do. And that's what I'm going to do. And that's when I realized that he really knows what he needs. In my head, I'm thinking he needs a two hour nap so that he can recharge. But in reality, that's what I needed. What he needed was time with people. Now the environment was much smaller. There were fewer people in the cafeteria than there were on the campgrounds. Um, But still he 
was able to unwind enough by communicating and interacting with people so that he could get ready for the seven o'clock program. And that yeah. was when I, one of the most recent times that I was like, man, yeah. I totally get it. And I know that if he were to come back to this quiet room, he probably would be more restless mm-hmm. than rested if yeah. I forced him to do that. Yeah. I think that one of the things that that brings up as well, Tansy, is being able to own that what you need is really just what you need. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, um, sometimes I think that we try to spread things like that to other people because when we spread it to other people, we feel a little bit less um, weak or vulnerable in ourselves. That, man, I I really need to talk to somebody right now. Well, it makes me feel better to say, well, everybody has that need, right? No, everybody doesn't have that need. You have that mm-hmm. need. And that's okay. I have, and that's okay. Releasing yourself to say, this is what I need mm-hmm. might seem a little bit weak to somebody or it might seem a little bit excessive, but these are my needs. Um, and in doing that, you free your partner to explore their needs mm-hmm. as well. So just recapping couple of the steps in learning how to navigate the differences in your marriage is the first one is to be accepting. Mm -hmm. The second one is to be a good student. And then we want to talk about how to be a good teacher. So it's important. Like we've said, he is the expert in who he is and I am the expert in who I am. Now I might be secure in who I am, but I need to be able to communicate that Mm -hmm. to my spouse. And most of the time we want to know that if you love me, then intuitively you will know how to love me and I shouldn't have to teach you how to love me. But there's not, that's not a hundred percent true. There are some things that we will have to teach our spouses um, that we need in order to feel loved. Yep. You know, there's this uh, saying, you know, that we fall in love, right? And I hear people saying, man, we keep falling in love over and over. I keep saying, if you keep falling, you're going to fall off a cliff. (laughs) You know, at some point you have to stop falling in love and start learning in love. Um, There is this idea. The idea that was that, you know, Cupid just shot an arrow and automatically, I automatically learned everything I need to learn or Tansy learned everything that she needs to learn. So love is supposed to be super intuitive and it's super emotional. Sometimes the greatest and deepest love is a decision that you make to learn how to please your mate, mm-hmm. to learn how to love your mate. And it, it is very, very humbling to be able to come to someone and say, listen, I love you. I've made a decision to love you. And along with that decision, I've also made a decision to learn how to love mm-hmm. you better. And every single year, I want to learn how to love you. To sit at this person's feet and to be humble, but in order for that to happen, the person has to be a good teacher. Mm-hmm. And Tansy, I'll admit, when you have to ask me what I want in an area where I feel, oh, you should know, there is that fleeting thought that says, if she loved me, she wouldn't have to ask. I want you to turn that that fleeting thought around. That is from the devil. Because she asks, I know she loves me. Mm-hmm. I need to be a better teacher if I'm expecting her to be a better student. Mm-hmm. So what did we um, cover so far? Cover so far. Be accepting, be a good student, 
be a good teacher. And then the last part, which is probably the most important um, and, and probably the most challenging is we got to bring it all together and we have to be open. So now that I've accepted our differences, I've learned about who you are and I'm teaching you about who I am. How can we bring our differences together in order to make a complete picture? And Damien mentioned that um, it's the, the differences that come together to create a beautiful home, just like the keys on a piano. So if you look at the keys on a piano, some are white, some are black. The two colors cannot be any more opposite. Some are flat and some are raised, but truly you need the combination of both the black keys and the white keys, the raised keys and the flat keys in order to make beautiful music. If you take out any of those or you make them all the same, the song doesn't come across quite the same way. Mm -hmm. And so the differences or what makes our lives, our journeys memorable um, and beautiful. So I have to be open to accepting the fact that there are things about the way he is that might be vastly different to me that are going to make my life better, that are going to make my life beautiful. Mm. And that shift, that transition in our thinking is really important because if we spend all our time thinking about how frustrating it might be um, that we have these differences or that we are so different, we will forget to see the beauty behind the combination of our differences. I, I, I'd like to give an example, Tansy, and you know, I haven't, I haven't filtered this in example yet. So I give you my hand, you can squeeze it. Well, I don't know what the example is. Well, if it goes too far, just squeeze it. <laughs> give the example. Um, you know, I, I love travel. I love travel. I want to see every continent, every country. Like, it's fascinating. I watch travel movies, travel magazines. Um, And because my mind, once we got married, was on this idea that we were going to be in Europe every single month and Tokyo, Japan and all that kind of stuff, I wanted to wait. Like, I I would save up all of our money. And we're not going on any vacations unless we're going to Tokyo, right? Uh, Tansy, on the other hand... Uh, was a lot more practical. She was like, no, we need to go on vacations more often. We have this timeshare. Let's use the timeshare. So Tansy's idea of vacation is just not working. And for us to be together, we would. she would say, we're going here, we're packing up the kids, and we're going to Smoky Mountains. We're packing up the kids, we're going to Daytona Beach. And all the while, I'm saying, man, if we save this money, we could be in Tokyo. <laughs> But as I look back over my life, I realize, man, how many vacations have we been on? A lot. We've been on a lot of vacations. We're going somewhere at least three, four times a year. And sometimes it's just for a weekend. Sometimes it's just for a day. And it's never it's never been Tokyo. We haven't got to Tokyo yet. But because of her steady hand in our lives, our kids have memories about vacations. Now, one of these days, we are going to get to Tokyo. And when we do get to Tokyo or when we do get to Paris, and when we do get to England, our kids would see another part of the world because of the gift that I bring to mm-hmm. our marriage. And in so doing, our kids benefit from both sides mm-hmm. of our personality. Absolutely. Did you have to squeeze my hand? I did not. That was a good example. Wonderful. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I think it really takes tens. And, and what we're talking about here in this particular part is Probably, we were talking last night, the area that is hardest for us, it is learning to not just tolerate who your mate is with all their differences, 
but learning to appreciate what you might be prone to just tolerate. Mm -hmm. I'll say it one more time. You got to learn how to appreciate what you would be prone to just barely tolerate. As Tansy says, you don't have to like everything about your mate. She doesn't like everything about me. I don't know why, but she doesn't. (laughs) Um, But we can start to appreciate those differences, those areas where we're just not the same uh, and and learn to love Mm -hmm. the other person for what they bring to the table. Mm -hmm. So we have some action items that we want you guys to practice together. Uh, We want you to be able to apply this to your marriages as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, The first thing is that everybody, if you have never done this, you should take a personality test. There are all kinds of personality tests out there. So if you find one that you prefer, please feel free to use that. But I'm going to recommend 16personalities.com. You can go to that website. It's a free test. That's 16personalities.com. And you can find your Myers-Briggs personality type. Now it's, it's a whole new world. So if it becomes overwhelming, don't be overwhelmed. One of the simplest things you will take out of that, out of that test is whether or not you're an introvert or an extrovert. If that's all you take out of that test, then you've, you've made, uh, you've benefited from it. Um, but you can go ahead and read some more about that. Find out who your spouse is. I didn't find out that I was an introvert until I was 35 years old. So Mm -hmm. some of you may not know where you fall and this will be a learning opportunity for you. And then an opportunity for you to learn your spouse and then also teach your spouse. So that's the first action item that we want to share with you guys. Find out your personality type, whether you're introverted or extroverted, study what that means for you and what that means for your spouse. Awesome. The second thing that we want you to do is I want you to go get some of those old sticky notes. I want you to sit down with your spouse and each of you guys take five of them. And then I want you to write down all of the ways that you are different from your spouse or from the person you have relationships with from your partner. And then I want you to write down five different ways on the five different sticky notes Then I want you to walk up to a mirror and I want you to put them in order. And I want the one where you guys are most opposite to be at the absolute tippy top. Then I want you to take that top sticky note and I want you to pray. And I want you to think about how that very different trait about your mate is a blessing to your life. I want you to think, I want you to pray, and I want you to think deeply. And then I want you to go find your spouse, your mate, your boyfriend, your girlfriend, and say, listen, you're really different from me in this area. But I realize that you being different in that way has actually been a blessing to my life. And I want to tell you how. Mm-hmm. We want to invite you to those very intimate um, and very humbling experiences where we start to appreciate our differences. Mm-hmm. I think that there's one or two things that I'd like to say as we mm-hmm. close. Um Tansy and I are are still working through these things. Yeah, these uh, these are. It's hard. Marriage is beautiful, but marriage is also not easy. And what we're talking to you about, we don't claim to be experts mm-hmm. in. That's next week. That's somebody else. <laughs> but for us, uh, we're just we're we're fellow travelers with you. But the thing that we want to leave with you is um, realizing. That being different from your mate does not is not a death nail in your marriage. It's not the end of your marriage. It's not a declaration that this can't work. 
It's a declaration that this will take work. And if you put the work in, what comes out of it could be absolutely beautiful. Uh, there's one text I'd like to read to you as we close. And it was a text from the same, same book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 2. And I am looking at verses 23. And then the man said, Finally, there is one who is like me, with bones from my bone and flesh from my flesh. She was taken out of me, so I will call her woman. Even if you find yourself in a place where you're different from your spouse, that statement that Adam made about Eve is a statement that you can also make about your spouse if you're willing to put in the work. Amen. We hope that this time was meaningful for you guys. It was meaningful for us. We, again, are grateful for the opportunity because every time we uh, present on this topic, it gives us an opportunity to just uh, apply all of the tools that we're sharing with you. So thank you again, Pastor, for inviting us and for having us. And uh, we pray over your marriages. We pray success, happiness, joy, and healing over every relationship, um, every couple that hears this message today. We want to pray for you as we close and just tell you that we're walking with you and that you're going to make it. Mm. Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We pray that some couple who might have been struggling, going through a very difficult time because of differences, would have been encouraged today. Lord, I pray that uh, they would have heard that it is your will for us to be accepting of each other. It's your will for us to be good students and good teachers and then finally to be open. I pray that they would have heard this message and it will give them encouragement and speak life to their marriage. Thank you. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless. Bye.